chapter 13, and I'll start reading in verse 17. Verse 17 reads this way. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time about of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Cana, he distributed their land to them, hear this, by allotment. So they got land after the seven nations were destroyed. Verse 20, after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony uh, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Verse 26, uh, verse 23, excuse me. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. Father, we bless you, we honor you, we thank you for these precious moments that you've given us. And Father, we function effectively and fervently in this period of time that cannot be erased from our minds, that cannot be erased from our hearts. Allow every person to believe in a way that they never have before. In the name of our King, we pray, Jesus Christ, amen. What I want to do real quickly, because I like to help your belief and I like to get you on record in heaven, I like for you to uh, do this statement that we do, because if you're going to cancel out your belief while I'm preaching the word of God, then God's going to hold you accountable, not me, because I'm going to do my job. Let's make this confession. Father, as we hear this kingdom word today, we combine our faith with this word. Our ability to believe has increased. That which you have promised is released into our lives. We will never come up short. We have faith in your word. No good thing shall be withheld from us. Amen. Amen. So go ahead. If you're standing, take your seats. And we're just going to walk through the word of God just for a moment. Um, I thank God again. My bass player, thank God for the keyboardists over here. They, they came in to make sure they closed a few gaps. Uh, we're honored to have them. Uh, honored to have all you streaming, all of our campuses, Mableton campus. I know you're all shouting and excited. Uh, Susan is here from our Mableton campus. Uh, let worship today. Uh, Tuscaloosa, I'm pretty sure they finished their service and they're about, they're tuning in now and Tarrant. So uh, Brent, Alabama, I'll be working with uh, Pastor Sales on a celebration at 4, 
for this evening. Uh, I know I got a good word for him and his church, so I'm looking forward to that as well. So I want to walk you through my title today, A Great People Under Great Leadership. A Great People Under Great Leadership. A Great People Under Great Leadership. You can never sustain a great people without great leadership. You can never sustain a great people without great leadership. I'm going to walk you through these portions of scripture that I read to you, but a lot of people think that they can sustain and maintain without great leadership. That is not possible. That is not even biblical. That is not biblical. So every time you find a great people, you're going to find great leadership. And anytime you find a great leader, that great leader has been called out by God, and I'll prove it to you in scripture, in order to lead a great people. It is not for independent operation. God has a plan. And God's plan is to sustain a people. So during this pandemic, uh, starting off in March of last year, 2020, I realized that I was going to have to shift in order for the people to be sustained. So I began to shift, even though we were not in in-person worship, I began to shift because I'm the leader. Whether you accept me as your leader or not, God has appointed me as a leader. So I got to make sure that the people are sustained. You haven't been lucky. You've just been under the grace of good leadership. And everybody's not always smart, especially when they don't respect what God put over them. That's not smart. That's not smart at all. So God set up a system so his people can be sustained. Anytime you see a scattered people, it's because they don't have good leadership or don't respect the leadership that has been placed in their lives. The only thing that can bring you together is not your prayer life. It's not your time you study the Bible. It's not your speaking in tongues. It's when you have good leadership. That brings you together. So uh, all of you super spiritual people, and I am too, you got to understand that God set a system for us to come together so we can agree on one thing. Amen. So let me walk you through and we, you know, we'll adjust the sound as, as we go. Um, in this portion of scripture, I'm going to pick out some things when they were in and I'll, then I'll go into my five points. When they were strangers in Egypt, God sent Moses as a leader to lead them out. While they were in uh, the wilderness for 40 years, going through all of their bondage that they received and mindsets that they received in Egypt, Moses was leading them. Uh, during the time that they were facing these enemies while they were in the wilderness, there were seven nations that they were facing as en enemies. The Jebusites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, all them ites were out there. God conquered seven nations, not seven people. Seven nations. God conquered seven nations on behalf of his people. Seven nations. I don't care what kind of problem you have. If you're God's people and you, got good, you have good leadership over you, God is going to conquer every opposition that you have. Seven, seven nations. Seven nations were conquered. Seven nations. Not seven people. <laughs> seven nations were conquered while they were wondering if they were going to continue to serve God. So God was fighting for them even while they uh, was hitting and missing on recognizing him. They weren't even consistent in their worship towards God, in their obedience toward God, and God was sabotaging the nations that were working against them. That's in your Bible. It's in my Bible. It's in your Bible too. All you got to do is read it. So I read my Bible, I get understanding, and I teach. That's my responsibility, is to make sure I have good understanding of the Word of God so that I can teach and declare over those that God has sent under my influence so that they'll understand you don't have to fight them. You do right by God, and God's going to fight them. God is fighting for you. 
Amen? So don't engage in a battle that God has already won. I said don't engage in a battle that God has already won. So we find that God defeats these uh, seven nations. And after God defeats these seven nations, he gives them allotments. So he gives them land. Whenever your victory comes, you're going to get some property. <laughs> Whenever, listen to me. Listen to me. Whenever your victory comes, you're going to get some property. When their victory came, God gave them property. So God has something for you. You just got to let him finish the battle that you think you're in. It's not you. It's him. The battle is not yours. I said the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. And I'm going to get my land. <laughs> And I'm going to use my energy to develop it instead of using my enemy against something that's already defeated. So, so they get their allotment of land and then they go through this spell where they have judges for 450 years. For 450 years, there were judges in place to govern God's people. You notice they go from Moses to judges. They go from judges to Samuel. They are not without leadership. They are not without leadership. Moses, Judges, and then the prophet Samuel. So they're not without leadership. So here it is. Stay with me here because I'm going to walk you through. So they get to Samuel. Samuel time has changed. The people want something different. So they ask for a king. So God picks Saul as their king. Saul wasn't the best of kings. David wasn't either, but Saul wasn't the best of kings, but he was still the leader of God's people. He was still the leader of God's people until he rejected the, the directions that God gave. When a leader rejects the direction that God gave, God will get somebody else. So he rejects the direction that God gave. So now God goes and finds David taking care of his daddy's sheep, Jesse's son, and then makes him the next king. So you have Moses who brought them out, led them through all their issues that were in the wilderness, defeated their enemy, gave them allotments. And once those allotments were given, then he said, y'all still need judges. So judges were there until a prophet came named Samuel. They're not without leadership. After Samuel, they go over into Saul, who is their king, because they asked for one. God will give you what you asked for. So they asked for a king, so they now have Saul as a king. So Saul wasn't a perfect choice, but he was a man that fit them at the time. So now God is taking them forward. Now they need somebody that represents God in the midst of them. So now they have David, who was a man after God's own heart. Whenever God sees fit to, to, to I guess, navigate a great people, he'll give those people, the leadership that has his heart. He said in the word, in Jeremiah, he said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Which means you don't pick them, they pick you. So when you start picking ministry and churches, it means you don't understand leadership. And you don't understand what God has invested in you. Stay with me. I got, still got five points. So we walk you through. So they're never without leadership. A great people, they're never without leadership. I'm going to say it again. A great people are never without leadership. Every great group of people have great leadership. Number one, 
We will never leave his, uh, God will never leave his people without leadership. God, you can resist leadership, but God will never leave his people without leadership. I'm gonna say it again. This is, this is my Bible. You've been reading too many articles. I've been reading my Bible. It says, God will never leave his people. Are you his? God will never leave his people without leadership. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it for my streaming order. God will never leave his people without leadership. I don't see any patterns of God leaving his people without leadership. In other words, God's people under good leadership will never be confused. All the time you're confused is when you don't have leadership. I, I, this, this past week, you know, uh, my spiritual father is at home to be with the Lord, so I still have accountability. Uh, I have three people, uh, individuals that I'm accountable to. That's Bishop Jakes, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, and uh, Bishop Dave Lazarus from South Africa. They, they all three speak into my life. So I spent last week, I spent uh, about 11 to 12 hours last week uh, under the tutelage of Bishop Jakes through a Zoom call. So it's about 11 to 12 hours. So I'm, I'm receiving now because you can't keep giving and not receiving. You can't be a leader and not be under leaders. Can I help you? Let me, let me help you. Your mind can get so crazy you think you can have two wives. Can I help you? Can I help you? Your mind could get so crazy you think you can have money out of somebody else's bank account. And you'll, you'll stamp it and say, God told me. Your mind could get so crazy you think you at 60 years old you can keep up with that 20-year-old girl. I, I think I got your attention then, didn't I? <laughs> so, so I have people in my life that I report to and I listen to because they make me better. Because if I'm leading a great people, I have to be led by greatness. So I'm led by greatness because I'm leading greatness. Number two, God has navigated his people through changes that lead to his will. God has navigated his people through changes that lead to his will. So all the time when they left Egypt, God was navigating them. Where was he navigating them to? Towards his purpose, towards his will. So there was a navigation of the people. Every moment, the moment of complaining, they were still being navigated. The moment of rebellion or the revolt, they were still being nav navigated. You'd be surprised in your foolish days how much God was navigating you. When you, be when you belong to God in your crazy days, in your rebellious days, in your confused days, he's still navigating you. Because they're God's people. They're God's people. So in the foolishness of your youth, he was still navigating you. When you were tripping as much as you could trip, 
He was still navigating you. When you thought you were so far away that nobody knew anything about you, he was still navigating you. Because he had a plan that you would arrive back at your destination. And guess what? You're not too late and you're not too early. Because this is the thing about God. He factored in all the foolishness that there was going to go on in your life. So you will arrive at your destination. You will hear me. If you're hearing me now, it's timely. If you had heard me last year, it would have been before time. But God had to navigate you through the pandemic so that you will now be open to a message that you would not have received because you thought you were all that in a bag of chips until the pandemic hit and it scared the hell out of all of us. Excuse me, Mr. Baseman. <laughs> So God has navigated us. See, I pay attention to, to things. I pay attention to charts and, and I pay attention to blueprints and, and, and I pay attention to everything that's being developed because it helps me to know how God functions. So when I read my Bible, I'm not just reading it to take notes so I can quote something to somebody that I'm not living. I read my Bible so I can know the strategy of God. So if I find myself in a place, I know how to get back on track. You understand what I'm saying? So God has navigated his people so they're all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are the call to the purpose. There is nothing that has happened to you in your life that God didn't navigate you through. Whether it be sickness, whether it be finances, whether it be family issues, whether it be marital issues, whether it be career issues, God was navigating you. God, God knew they weren't going to like you and he still let you get through it. Think about it. There's some people that didn't like you that are nowhere around you now, but God navigated you through it. Why are you worried about the ones that don't like you now? Well, they hated me. Look at you. It didn't work. You wouldn't be hearing me if it worked. It didn't work. So God was navigating you. Getting you ready for something that you weren't even thinking about. Well, well, I, I've been I've been hurt by a leader. Maybe you submitted to Saul. Okay, 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 okay. Let's 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 go on. Let's let's go on. Because he's 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 leading you, and the changes that, that are occurring is to get you to his will. He is working to get you to his will. Not not your will, but his will be done. And, and some people are upset because God is working for them and they don't understand it yet. Everything that's happened, can I be personal? Everything that's happened to me in my life brought me to this place. Brought me into the relationships that I'm in now. Everything, everything. I see it that way. Therefore, I am not, I am not bitter against anybody. Thank you. I'm going to send you a greeting because you pushed me to the left when I needed to go left. You pushed me to the right when I needed to go right. You Push me forward when I needed to accelerate. I wouldn't have gone deeper unless you have troubled my surface. When you trouble my surface, I had to go deeper. Now you don't like what I when I got resurrected. Because it was a metamorphosis that took place when I fell to the ground and died. 
So it's impossible for me to abide alone when I've gone through a metamorphosis. The problem wasn't just Jesus on the cross. The problem was the third day that he got up. Your thing is, you better make sure you get up from whatever that's going on in your life. You better make sure you have your appointment to get up. So if God was navigating his son, Jesus Christ, if he was navigating him, what makes you think he's not navigating you if you belong to him? Let me walk you through some of that navigation. Can I do that? Okay, Jesus, we're going to make sure at 12 years old you go into the temple and a few things are going to happen so they recognize you're different than everybody else. So we're going to make sure at 30 years old you meet up with your cousin John. You met at when, you, when Mary and Elizabeth were pregnant, but now we're going to let you meet at the Jordan because there's a process that needs to take place that John has got to be okay with and you have to be okay with. So I'm going to ask you to go get baptized by John because John is paving the way for you. But when you go and get baptized, I'm going to open up heaven. I'm going to let everybody know you belong to me. Now, while you're choosing your disciples, and I know you're choosing, you chose 70, and they were about 500, but you chose 70, and then you broke it down to 12. But out of the choices that you make, I had to make sure you chose a devil. Because the devil's going to help you to get to your destination. So you got 11 that are, that are the somewhat with you. You got one that can't, you know, he's a cusser, and he's going sure, to make some things happen. Because he, he thinks he's with you, but he's not really with you until the pressure's on. He'll find out he's not with you. So, but we got, we have one that's with you. He's going to be sitting there dipping with you. This is part of the navigation process. He's going to be sitting there dipping with you and he's not going to know he's really the devil until you tell him what that do, do it quickly. And then he's going to go and he's going to betray you, but you got to go through that process because we got to get you to that place because you got to be beating and you got to have 39 stripes because that's for all the deadly diseases that the world is uh, uh, up against right now. So COVID-19 is one of those. So we're going to make sure you get beaten because we got to cover uh, COVID-19 that's going to show up in the lives of Americans in 2020. So we're going to make sure that's taken care of. I don't need you to die before you get to the cross because navigation says you got to carry that cross. Even though you're half dead, you got to carry that cross because we're navigating. There's some things that got to happen on the cross and you're going to, you're going to die a little bit quicker than the other ones because you're going to give up your spirit. They're going to fight to live, but you're not going to fight to live. You're going to give up the ghost. Then they got to pierce you in your side. Water and blood has to flow. They're not going to break any of your legs because I already prophesied that that none of your bones will be broken so they're not going to break your legs like they broke the thief's legs because they were still pushing up to live you let down and die because you were on a mission God was navigating you so I got to get you off the cross so I'm going to make sure that we have a borrowed tomb for you so we're going to get a borrowed tomb for you because you don't need to buy what you're not going to stay in so we're going to let you go in that bar tomb because you're only going to be there for three days. So we're going to make sure you're in the bar tomb. But on early on Sunday morning, on resurrection Sunday morning, we're going to get you up. That's part of the navigation process. You know, all the boys that you ran with that you thought were really with you, they're not going to show up at the tomb looking for you. And they heard the same message that everybody heard, but they're not going to show up and be a good support. I'm going to find me a wild women that'll show up at the tomb that'll go back and tell your boys... Ha, ha, ha!
I'm going to find one of the wild women that's been through all kind of hell in their life that suffered at the hand of all these people that ain't got nowhere else to go. All she knows, my man of God is dead and wherever he's laying, I'm going there and hang out there because my life is over until he gets up again. So, so they're navigating, they're navigating through life. So now he's resurrected and he's navigating now. Now I can't go back to heaven yet because my boys really had it, hadn't all sank in that I came back just like I said it would. Now some of the guys came around long enough to realize it was true. So there's this guy named Didymus, Thomas, who was a doubter. So I got to make sure I go out of my way to touch the doubter. So he wasn't there. He wasn't in place. And a lot of people ain't never in place. He was not in place so what I'm going to do I'm going to come back I'm going to walk through the door to tell you I'm a spirit I'm not just natural but I'm natural as much as I am spirit but I'm going to walk through the door and not open the door and then I'm going to have a conversation with that doubter I'm going to have a special conversation I'm taking a special route because they were still doubting after they heard the report of the Lord they were still doubting so I'm going to take I'm going to go in there and I'm going to show them the nails in my hand the nail prints in my hand and in my side and say take your hand put it in here so you'll know it's real because I need you to believe with these rest of the, the rest of these guys because that one that left left y'all with 11 and I need belief system so y'all can reestablish my government with 12 because I'm really going to leave. Y'all thought I was gone, but I wasn't really gone. I'm about to leave and now all responsibility is in your hands. Now you're going to have to go establish my government so you can have a Pentecost because you can't have a Pentecost without structure. So he navigated them through. And see, when you read your Bible, you got to see how God is navigating things. Because that's what real leadership is. Because if you can't tell how God is navigating things, you're going to sit and miss a moment or you're going to attack a moment that you can't stop. Number three. I received a text this morning. Uh, just out of the blue, one a guy used to, we, we were brothers, we served under the same leader, and uh, he texted me while I was sitting in my office this morning, and uh, he's going to be a part of a glo Apostolic Global Impact. That's an organization that we started uh, that includes apostles and pastors and prophets and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, you know, a pretty good group of us already. I pretty much lead that group. Uh, and he sent, me, uh, he sent me a text this morning. He said, in the text, he was saying that, that God is going to do something uh, unique uh, in your life today. And is the fullness of your father is going to come on you today while you're, uh, in, while you're ministering today. And uh, it's going to change the trajectory of everything in your life today. That's what he said. He spoke into today. I looked at it. He didn't know what kind of message I had. But I knew what message I had. And what he said connected with the message. I'm telling you, the dots are about to connect. If the dots are not connecting, you've got to ask yourself, what am I doing? with my life so stay with me number three let's let's go on we, we're not going to be all day let's go on. number three God's will for his people is placed inside a leader's heart God's will for his people is placed inside a leader's heart God's will for his people for his people is placed inside the heart of a leader or the leader's heart now, what God wants for you, if you're called to me, is in my heart. He puts it in a safe place. So when he said David was a man after his own heart, that meant David had the will for the people in his heart. So if you think I forget about you, 
That's bad information. You need to cast that down. That's an imagination. That's a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings you into unbelief that leads you to an orphan spirit. I never forget about you because God has placed his will for your life in my heart. So I never forget about you. I, I had this experience and I'll tell this. Can I just keep walking? Am I okay? Um, and I just trust God when he tells me something. One of the great leaders that, that, uh, that I'm accountable to, uh, I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was doing something at home and the Lord spoke to me and said, he'll never forget about you. In other words, he'll never, he'll never get so busy that he doesn't think about you. I believe God. And uh, when I got a chance to speak just a little bit uh, the other day, I noticed something in him because he never forgot about me. You, you have to be able to trust God. That's why we've been teaching y'all on faith because the enemy will work on you based on your past because your daddy forgot about you and your mama forgot about you and all those people forgot about you. So you think the ones that God have placed you in their heart forgets about you. See, you, the reason I know this message is for you because God put you in my heart in my preparation time. My messages are not for someone <laughs> that's not called to be in relationship with me. That's why I don't change my message to fit another tribe. What if I change my message to fit the parasites? The high vice, the jab your side. What if I changed my message to fit them and God was intended to destroy them? Okay. Okay. So God's will, got all caps in will, for his people is placed within a leader's heart. If his heart doesn't fail, his concern never fails for the people. Which means that leader is going to make preparations beyond their lifespan for you. <laughs> you can tell that I love Sasha because I'm planning her for the future. So that's that she's in my heart. So you do the same thing. It's called legacy. If you fail when I'm gone, then I don't have a good legacy. But if I set things in place that you will perpetuate, even in my absence, I've been a good leader. I've been a good leader. If I leave you with an empty bank account, <laughs> I haven't been a good leader. Okay, we'll leave, that we'll leave that alone. Let's go on. So God's will for his people is placed within a leader's heart. So we can't get rid of it. You can't stop loving them. Because <laughs> it's in your heart. It's not in your head. Because your head calculates what people do to you. Your heart says, I'm going to love them anyway. <laughs> you know, all those negative records that you have are in your head. The heart says, what good thing have they done? Or what, what opportunities do they still have for the future? And God won't let you just leave that because it's in your heart. Number four, y'all still good? I'm good. Hopefully y'all are good. 
Now, let me help you before I go on. Now, it's, it's not my fault that you interacted with people who didn't have a heart for you. That's not my fault. That is not my fault. And I oftentimes say, I'm not going to pay for that. I'm not going to pay for that because you want to hang me because of what they've done. We, we clear on that? So don't, don't, don't be uh, upset if I say, that, oh, you ain't going to do me like that. <laughs> what you're doing to me doesn't even register with my interaction. I just met you yesterday. How are you going to tell me a year ago I've done some things to you? We just met yesterday. People will go two, three years back and punish you for a day you just met them. You, 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 we good. Okay. <laughs> this is your first time hearing me in there, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, num number four, number four, God will focus on one single leader to lead a people nation. So in your Bible, you see where God focused on a single individual to lead his people, a nation. So, I'm, I am so anointed. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me. I am so anointed, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I am so anointed. I am tripping in the anointing. I, I can break through any stronghold in this region. Yeah. I, I used, this is what I used to do. If, if the atmosphere was tough and the, and the building was full, if the atmosphere was tough... I will use the anointing on my life to kick down every wall of opposition. I'm, I'm getting older, so I'm getting wiser. So I just teach my way through now. Because back in the day, in my 30s, if you think, if you can't handle me in my 50s, I know you couldn't handle me in my 30s. In my 30s, I was, I was like Kung Fu. So, so now that I know that my problem was I was trying to take people somewhere they didn't want to go. And my problem was that I was trying to lead people who weren't supposed to be with me. <laughs> and my problem was that God said no, and I was still saying yes. Okay. So God will focus on a single leader to lead a people, nation. He'll focus in on a single person because he knows if he can find a Moses, a Joshua, a Noah, a Gideon, a Jeremiah, if he can find one individual that he can put the will that he has into their heart for the people, then he's found him a good single leader. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm, I'm going to walk you through it. Stay with me. It's scary, isn't it? Because you've been abused most of your life. That's the only reason it's scary. Nothing's scary if you have not had a past experience with it. Something happened, and that's why you're afraid of it. Uh, if I could speak in, in this month of Black History Month, you want to know where more of us are dying because of COVID? is because we don't have any leadership. 
We're making independent decisions instead of being under leadership, making corporate decisions. So if we say we're going to get the vaccine and it's going to be here at the church, every citizen should be taking that vaccine. If you're not thinking independent, well, you know, you know, they, they gave that, they gave that vaccine and, and, and thousands of people died. Well, you, do you know how many has died because of COVID? That's just an example now. That's just an example. I don't know of anybody coming here to give vaccines, okay? That's just an example. But it's because we're scattered. Smite the shepherd, scatter the flock. If you want to scatter the people, kill the leader. If you don't do it physically, do it in reputation. Bring a scandal against the leader's name and the people scatter. So you want to know what that ignorant person was talking about? You want to know what the agenda was? They wanted to achieve more and they couldn't do it while we were all together. They wanted to take advantage of the ones who were scattered and they couldn't do it while we were together. So if you fragment us, then the weak get taken advantage of. Let me tell you why it's taken so long to bring restoration to the people of color. It's because we haven't had real good leadership since Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that we really respected. <laughs> is it all you want to do is, is vote? You got to know who to vote for. And I can't tell you that with this streaming on. Let, let me help you. Let me, let me help you with something. You, you want to know, you want to know why your money is missing? It's because somebody cut my influence off. Because those who find a way to plug in, go in. Well, why don't we just minimize the confusion and say, well, if he's not your daddy, go find your daddy. Did I say it good later? Go find your daddy. Because <laughs> there's always food on this table. And there's always provision and safety on this table. So if you hate safety, go find your daddy. Go find that drunk. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, I don't think that's, that's dignified to say that. I think you're phony. I think you've been phony so long, God can't get a real blessing to you. Because he can't find your address. Stop driving by your house and pointing to another house. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm just, can I, can I just be real? Let me just be real. With your black self, that white man ain't your pastor. God chooses one from among them. You chose that because you wanted to make yourself better. Let me teach you a kingdom word so you don't have to cross the boundaries to try to find value in yourself. 
And that car don't make you, that house don't make you, God makes you. So if if you lose it all, you won't commit suicide. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you want to move from me, why am I running to you? Why when I move next to you, you put up a sale sign in your yard? (laughs) Okay. 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 Been there, done that, bro. Been there, done that. That's why I keep my yard better than their yard. You ought to be glad you're living next to me. <laughs> See, well, y'all, y'all, y'all shouldn't be playing with me like that and get me to really talking up in here. You, you got a why, why, what, what are we going to do about that? You're going to receive it because I'm your daddy. <laughs> ain't, nothing, ain't no struggle with it. You can receive it and you can be blessed by it. When you start seeing all the stuff that God will do in your life, when you fully embrace what God has sent to your life, I'm telling you, you don't have enough banks for money. You don't, you don't have enough stewards to take care of your property. No disrespect to colors or anything, but you know how some of us are. I'm just talking to us that who's pretending. Those of you who are real and you really serve your man of God. I'm not talking to you, but I'm, I'm talking to those who are trying to build their self-esteem by rubbing shoulders with somebody that really don't want to rub shoulders with you. Number five, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. I'm telling you, I'm the best thing that happened to you. You, you, you don't know that because you're still searching. When you find they call off the search, see how to come into compliance, baby. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. You say that's arrogant. No, that's called confidence. Nothing that I do would ever demise who you are. Number five, I got to get up out of here, y'all. Y'all got me talking up in here now. Get your self-esteem together so you'll stop making all those bad decisions. See, the things I'm being taught, can I say this? The things I'm being taught is that when when you pull up to the table, you sit there like you bring something to the table. See, too many of y'all get to tables and don't bring anything to the table. When I get up, I bring something to the table. When I'm in a meeting, I'm bringing something to the table. I'm not just going to listen to you talk. You need to hear what I got to say, too, because I bring something to this table. I have influence. When you have influence, you bring something to the table. And I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't have much. You have a life. That's more than enough. You have an experience that's more than enough. You have a testimony that's more than enough. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. 
Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. They're not afraid of the president. They're afraid of your repositioning yourself. Because we had an African-American president and you didn't reposition yourself. You still fought one another. You still wage war against your own destiny. Number five, a people, nation, will become greater under God-ordained leadership. God-ordained leadership. You wonder why all that stuff went on in ministry? Because you voted them in. <laughs> Can I say that? I will never submit to a vote that God has not instituted Because if you vote for me, you run me. And if you run me, you can push me down. And your problem is not something I can solve. I become a beneficiary to your weaknesses. A people, nation will become greater under God ordain leadership. God ordain leadership. God ordain leadership. I feel like I'm a pastor. And <laughs> I feel like I'm called to what? Have you ever had somebody ask you questions about the things that you believe? Ordain to order or decree something official. No matter how much of a king David was, it wasn't official until Samuel showed up. <laughs> you can get all the certificates off the internet you want. It wasn't official. <laughs> it wasn't official until Samuel showed up. Samuel had to deal with seven of David's brothers and it wasn't official. He's not the one. He's not the one. Do you have another son? Because I know, I know it's cold in Texas, but this oil is not frozen. But it won't flow. <laughs> Let me help y'all. Anything that God's ordinance doesn't flow on is not acceptable. I've known I was a, a, an apostle uh, since 2000, 2000, 2001. I've known it since then. What year did Bishop, Bishop Tudor Bartman, <laughs> Tudor Bismarck affirm me? What year was that? Not 2019. So you're telling me for 19 years I've known who I am 
and I didn't get officially acknowledged until 2019. Because this is the thing. If it's really you, you know how to wait. You wait on credible people to elevate you. Because they're elevating you because God has an assignment for his people that only you can handle. I know it hasn't been too preachy, but it's been good stuff. Stop playing these games with your destiny. Make it official. It's official. Refresh family church. Refresh nation. It's official. It's legal. It's documented. It's official. It's when it becomes official that hell coming against you can't stop it. When it's official, it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. It's you're still who God ordained you to be. Listen, there's going to be a lot of things that shift and change in your life. If it's not official, you're going to go with the flow of whatever's going on in your life. But when it's official, you're going to stand square footed. I say no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. When it's official, no matter what changes around me, God is still with me. If it's official, no matter what Satan has thrown at generations before me, it's not going to work with me. When it's official. There's something about when it's official, you'll speak to the coronavirus and say, you can't come in my house. When it's official, you'll speak to cancer and say, back up, you're not going another generation and I'm not having another bone marrow. You're getting out now. When it's official, you'll look at a zero negative bank account and say, money coming to me from God right now. It's official. It's official. Erica Parker, it's official. That's why I came to your office. It's official. Nothing can move you. It's official. Some of y'all are being moved because it hasn't been affirmed. It's not official. But once it's official, I shall not be moved. I want to say something as I prepare to close. In this house, it is official today. You can't change it by leaving me. You'll make room for other folks. When you do, it's official. I am here and I'm here to stay. It is official. You got to put your foot down, baby. You got to believe it. You got to receive it. You got to know it. I am not leaving now. There's something about when people start saying and decreeing what you believe. It does something on the inside of you that no one can steal from you. Because within you is treasure in earthen vessels. There's something wealthy about your inside that no thief can steal from you.
Well, they all are different, but we have been decreed and ordered. So it's official. You may be a little bit short on friends, but it's official. When your friends don't collect around you, it's because your friends are in another dimension. Go there. Y'all didn't hear me. Your friends are in another dimension. Go there. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you things that don't have value. I think y'all missed. It's going to cost you things that don't have value. Only you put a price tag on it. But what was God's price tag on it? I told, I told my mentor, I said, uh, I said, uh, this room makes me really uncomfortable and really small. He said, you're in the right room. See, many of you want to get in rooms where you can teach. I want to get into rooms where I can be taught. I want to get in rooms that scare the hell out of me. That's what I want to do because it's going to pull out my potential. A lot of y'all run with people who make you comfortable. I want to get with some people who make me uncomfortable. Do I have to change my language? Do I have to stop talking like a street person in order to stay in that room? Do I have to change my clothing just a little bit and shake just a little bit? Because Joseph, when he got ready to go before Pharaoh, he had to change his clothing and shave his face. There's something that God wants to take you into that you got to redress for. Clothing is not physical. It's an attitude adjustment. I got to have an attitude adjustment. Before I go there, I can't go over there slouched over. I can't go over there acting like I'm fresh out of nowhere. I got to walk up in there like I belong. I may not say anything, but I belong in that room. I may not even open up my mouth for an entire year, but I belong in that room. I came to tell you, you're about to get into some opportunities. It's not for you to talk unless you're, you've been asked a question. But just sit in the room, learn the dynamics of the room. And once you maximize in that room, your next room awaits you. God's going to keep perpetuating you and perpetuating you. Because this is a time and this is a season for God's people. And if you're under the right leadership, this is how it should sound. Because God is moving you and moving you and moving you. And you've gone from levels to dimensions. And when you shift in dimensions, everything changes. Not little people. I lead great people. I said, You're not little people. I lead great people. I said, You're not little people. I lead great people. You're not an orphan. Stop trying to steal from the house. You're an heir. These are your brothers and your sisters. I said, these are your brothers and your sisters. We're in this thing together. We fight for one another in faith. Father, over this group of people all around the world, those who are coming into the knowledge of who you really are. Those who have come into the knowledge of who you are. Those who have been paralyzed from some trauma in life.
Spirit of the living God. Do what you've done for thousands of years. Bring restoration and healing to your people. Father, wherever they belong, let them get there quick, fast, and in a hurry. That this moment, this season does not pass them by. But everything in them, awaken it today. Every fiber, every cell, every muscle, the blood running through their veins, wake it up today. Let their heart begin to have a different rhythm today. Let their mind, the way they think and, and how they transfer information, God, let it begin to shift and change today. Let them begin to walk into divine destiny of God. Don't let any principalities and powers over any regions or in any curses on their bloodline be effective ever again after this message today. God break every boundary God that has held them captive God break every shackle and every chain off of their body and off of their mind off of their finances over their resources God do it today God let them think like you have called them to think and let them be what you have called them to be And all those who are outside of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you right now. He died for you. He suffered for you. And all you got to do is admit that you've been wrong. And ask him to come into your heart. Believe that he died and he rose again on the third day. And ask him to be your king. Not just your savior. Ask him to be your king. He'll rule and he'll reign in your heart and you'll subdue on this earth because you belong to a king and he's the king of kings. Take a hold of your royal rights. Take a hold of your royal identity. Walk in the authority of God and prove to your neighborhood without trying that God is alive and well in 2021. And all of you who agree with that prayer, I want you to just begin to clap your hands and begin to celebrate like never before. Hallelujah. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. Refresh Family Church is more than a church. To find out more, visit our website at refreshfamily.church.